Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I, I think we need a break. I think that, that this is not working any longer. Our, our brain is starting to, to, to kind of melt together. We're the best friends that anybody could have. I don't think that's good for anybody. Friends that anybody could have. Here we are, PFTPM. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour, joint Mega Picks podcast. Week four. It's already week four. Whoa, whoa. It's already week five. I can't believe it's week six. I can't believe it's week seven. I can't believe it's not butter. I can't we do believe it we're year. the two best friends that anybody have had. How far have I fallen that you're one of my best friends? Damn, what has gone on with my life? <laughs> I've yet to officially accept you as a friend. My uh, position yeah. has been for years right. <laughs> that I only need two or three friends. And this has been printed on the back of a T-shirt that I still wear by our good friend, Matt Casey, who is one of my only two or three friends. Damn. And I can't remember the quote, but it goes something like, it's something I once said as we were getting ready to do the old PFT show on NBCSN in the afternoon, that it goes along the lines of, friendship takes too much effort it's so much easier to maintain an enemy i think that was the quote <laughs> yeah that friendship well. does take like too that. much effort <laughs> you have to remember birthdays you have to like send christmas presents you have to check on them from time to time it's easy to just hate someone and have them hate you back then you have to have no interaction whatsoever all right let's get to it before get Chris to ends it. up being one of my enemies or i end up being one of his we are going to be enemies if this trend continues, although I still hold a slight lead in the straight-up category. Chris took two out of three last week, 11-5 and five straight up. 3-0 and oh best bets. I was tormented last week as you were rattling off one after another on the best bets, and I was, I was watching mine disintegrate. Thank goodness for the Cowboys and their 20-point victory on Monday night, or I'd have been 0-3 for best bets. You're 7-2 and two on the year. Best bets are my category. That's what I own. That's where the pasta and meatballs gut takes over, and I'm four and five. I'm yeah. hanging my head in shame. Yeah, good. Sorry. Pasta and meatballs have been overtaken by steak and, and potatoes, all right? Yep, that's right. We're, we're coming for you this year. Not going to let you just think it's, own that franchise, all right? Meat and potatoes, uh, steak and potatoes. You know what I mean. Steak and potatoes. I think it's... I think it's uh, <laughs> what think do you think it's it is? Cannabis and... I think it's cannabis and Captain Morgan. Oh, man, I do like that more. You're right. (laughs) I do. All right. uh, A lot of games again this week. Still no buys yet because of the whole 17-game season. So all 16 games, 32 teams in action beginning on Thursday night. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, seven-and-a-half-point favorites over under of 46. Jaguars, 18-game 
losing streak, does it end tonight, Chris? I don't think so. I, I don't envision that happening. You know, I do think Cincinnati's a pretty good football team, and I think they'll be a pain in the butt all year long for a number of teams. You know, I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but I, I've seen enough already to know that they can compete with anybody. And I think, you know, with the Jaguars, I could see them keeping it close for, for a, a while tonight. I can. You know, I, we talked about it on PFT this morning a little bit. Jacksonville's defense is pretty good. What's kind of let them down a little bit is just the offense goes through, sp you know, sputtering points of three and out, three and out, three and out. And then finally the defense kind of breaks, you know, at some point during these games. Uh, so I think it's close for a little while, but I think ultimately Joe Burrow, their pass offense, uh, Joe Mixon kind of find their feet and what they want to do on the offensive side of the ball. And, and really, I, I expect the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence to, to make a mistake at some point. That's kind of been what a young team, a young quarterback does. Uh, so I'm going Bengals 27-14, Michael. 27-14, that easily covers the spread. Similar analysis from me. I've got Bengals 34-17. I think they're clearly the better team. They're 2-1, and one, could be 3-0, and oh, should have beaten the Bears, frankly, had a golden opportunity and blew it, but they beat the Vikings at home, which was impressive. They dominated the Steelers, which was impressive, even though the Steelers aren't what they've been in past years, to go into Pittsburgh and play the way they did. I've got full faith in the Bengals. I have no faith yet in the Jaguars. Maybe the wins will come eventually. For now, it's 0-19, and it could be on the way to 0-20. 34-17 for me. Uh, Bengals win and move to 3-1. Sunday afternoon in the early slot, 1 o'clock Eastern. Washington disappointing at 1-2. Atlanta maybe overachieving at 1-2 after stealing one from the Giants on Sunday. The Washington football team a narrow favorite, 1.5 points at Atlanta with an over-under of 47.5. Chris, yeah. who do you have? Yeah, I I'm going Washington here. Uh, I am, but I mean, is there a little scare factor uh, to a degree? I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, Heineke was not great last week, had some really big mistakes. You know, I know the week before he pulled off some magic, but there was things about that game I didn't love either. Uh, they're missing one other weapon on their offense. It's really hurt them that Curtis Samuel has not been able to play to this point. But I think the story of Washington is their defense. It's just, I mean, underwhelming. What else can you say? That, that's all there is to it. You know, the defensive game plan itself to me is a little bit underwhelming. I think they're relying a little too much on the talent, not giving them any schematical advantage, just going like, hey, our front four is good, so we'll play vanilla in the background and just they'll make a mess of things. Well, they haven't done that yet, so they got to do something to help them out. Uh, Atlanta certainly has played a little bit better ball here, you know, the last two weeks as compared to the, the first week. Um, but I'm going Washington here. I, I just still think they're the better football team, and I just don't think Atlanta's defense is real good, nor do I think their offense is real good either. They were fortunate to win last week against the Giants, 23-17 Washington. Although the Falcons have changed dramatically in recent years, the the quarterback is still there, and Ron Rivera has experience dealing with Matt Ryan during Rivera's nine seasons as head coach of the Carolina Panthers. That counts for something, and – the Washington football team, very disappointing this year. Rivera, I remember from the All or Nothing series on Amazon a couple of years ago, when you get Rivera engaged and fired up, he is going to come after those guys, and he is going to get them pointed in the right direction, and he is going to demand better. Taylor Heineke, both Heineke and Rivera agree, will be more of a game manager going forward. 
and, and, you know, play to your strengths. And your strengths are that defense. The defense hasn't really been what it needs to be yet. Eventually it will come. This is the week where maybe it wakes up. I have Washington narrowly winning this one and getting back on the right track, 27-24. They still have a long yeah. way to go to be contenders. I was wrong to make them the NFC East preseason champion. I underestimated the Cowboys and overestimated Washington. Me too. I mean, if we were picking this game three weeks ago, Chris, we just said Washington 31 to 10. Yeah. I've got Washington 27 24, and it's not going to be one of my best bets. I guarantee you that. I'm with you there. It won't be me either. I don't trust Washington right now. So I'm, I agree with everything you said there, buddy. The Houston Texans with a couple of extra days of rest, and they're going to need it. They go to Buffalo to face a Bills team that seems to have found its groove. Biggest spread of the week at 16 points at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. 47 is the over-under. Chris, the Bills win. Do they win by more than 16? I, you know, I don't look at the spreads while I do these picks. Uh, I had a 34-17 Bills. Um, you know, you kind of said it right. The defense has been... Dominant. I mean, dominant. Leslie Frazier, McDermott, they got it going like they did a few years ago uh, when, when they were in the, you know, in the playoffs with, um, I can't remember who the damn quarterback was, Tyrod Taylor, right? Where just like, I, I look at plays and go, man, they, the way they break down offenses, like, oh, they're, the offense is trying to throw to the right and the Bills got all the people dropping over to the right. Their defensive front has been dominant and been able to make plays there. And Josh Allen and the offense seem to have found their groove. Now, I am a little worried, I guess, a little bit about there's familiarity with, with these schemes. You know, we've talked, you know, Houston, it's a New England coaching staff uh, in, in a lot of ways. And, of course, Brian Dayball, offensive coordinator from the Bills, you know, is from, from New England as well. But I think ultimately – you know, Davis Mills up there in Buffalo, that defense, Josh Allen in these type of games where there's just not great defensive talent on the field. I I, I feel like it's it's like Pat it's like uh, not Patrick Mahomes, it's just like Aaron Rodgers like eight, nine years ago, where I just go, uh, if you're a below average defense or in the bottom quarter of the league, like Josh Allen can almost beat you by himself. He's just going to extend plays and make crazy throws, and it doesn't matter what your game plan is because your talent's not good enough. So that's why I go Bills 34-17. Yeah, I've got it even broader than that. I've got 41-16. I think this is going to be a blowout. This is a team that is multiple levels ahead of where the Houston Texans are. They got their win week one without Tyrod Taylor, and what a game this would be. This would be another one of those crazy reunion games that get overshadowed this week by Brady going back to Foxborough. We've got Andy Reid going to Philly. We've got Kevin Stefanski going back to Minnesota. There are several other games where you have those tentacles that would be overlooked. Tyrod Taylor back to Buffalo would have been awesome, but alas, it's not happening. So Bill's 41-16. Bill's a much better team. I'm not worried about the 16-point spread, and this is one that's under serious consideration by me, frankly, for a best bet this week. Detroit at Chicago, where the Bears are two-and-a-half-point favorites over a Lions team that is winless but has been competitive over under of 42. The forecast, rain, 99% chance, which means Jared Goff may not be able to hold on to the football. Do you like the Bears to get to two-and-two, or do the Lions get their first win of the season, Chris? This is a It's a coin flip game to me, and I'm going the Lions here. I'm going to go 16-13 Lions. Wow. I am. I'm going to pull the trigger and do it. I just have no faith in the Bears. You know, first off, Lions defense, pretty good. I mean, it's solid. Yeah, Rodgers kind of found his groove right in the second half, but... You know, I, I, they don't blow assignments. 
They got some big people up front to stop the run. You know, so I look at that as being a, a positive. If Justin Fields does play and they break out more of a quarterback run game this week, well, the Lions just played the Baltimore Ravens, so they'll be ready. It's not like they're going to have to readjust things and go, oh, man, we haven't defended this before. So there's that aspect. And, you know, Jared Goff, you know, has done a decent job. Yeah, he's not going to make a ton of plays for you and make you go, wow, oh, my gosh. But they've been able to, you know, Keep you honest with running the football. He takes care of the football, makes a throw here and there. To me, it is just going to come down to a little bit what you said, Mike. The rain, and will Goff do something stupid? If not, I think they can hold that Bears offense in check and kind of win an ugly football game. I'm going 16-13 Lions. 42 is tied with Giants-Saints for the lowest over-under of the week. And, man... I'm very tempted to take the under in this as a best bet as I look at this and think about the forecast for rain and what the Lions offense won't do, what the Bears offense won't do. They may be hard-pressed to get to 40 combined, but I do like the Bears to win this one. I'll go 20-17. to 17. I think they'll simplify the offensive game plan, not try to do too much, while also taking advantage of Justin Fields' ability to run, maybe move him outside of the pocket, give him a short option, a deep option, and then plan C would be take off with the football. I think the defense carries the day for the Bears. The rain, the tiny little baby hands, I'm just kidding when I say that. I mean, he's got normal-sized hands. The problem is the rest of his body's too big. Right. But, but, but that long release, like yeah. you said, that whip motion when you take it back and then pull it forward, if you don't have a good grip on the ball, out it comes. Bears 20-17 to 17 for me. Chris. It's going to be so, a big week with, uh, with Justin Fields. Just look if he does play and just evaluating him again and what they do. I, I am. I'm, I am intrigued by it. You know, Fields, of course, was under duress that whole game last week. And... You know, he, he's got to pull the trigger a little too. You know, I, I said this a little, I think, on my podcast on Monday. He's, he's got to get used to NFL life. Yeah, it's not Ohio State anymore. People aren't going to be open with nobody in the screen. You're going to have to throw some balls in the tight windows. I thought he was reluctant to do that last week. It's one of my issues with him. Uh, but we'll see where it goes. I, know this, this, I think it's going to be a sneaky, ugly, fun game to watch for some reason. And another great game that's going to be played at 1 o'clock Eastern. You don't see the Cowboys in that spot a lot, even though they're no longer America's team, even though they were 6-10 and 10 last year and got flexed out of Sunday Night Football for a Browns-Giants game. They're still a draw. It's rare to see them in that cluster of games at 1 Eastern. They've got the Panthers coming to town, the unbeaten Panthers. Cowboys looking good at 2-1, two, two wins in a row, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home, over under 50.5. Who you got? Ooh. Close football game for sure. Um, Panthers defense is real. As you know, we've talked about it a lot. I do think they can stop a little bit of both as far as stop the run game of the Cowboys. Not stop it, but at least not let it go off. And contain the pass game to a degree as well. You know, offensively, they should be able to move the ball against the Dallas Cowboys. They should. You know, I know, no, no, I know Dallas's defense is better to me, it will come down a little bit to Sam Darnold. Yeah, they're going to have Chuba, Chuba Hubbard at, at running back. You know, it's not a bad replacement for McCaffrey, but he's not McCaffrey. We know that. You know, but will Sam Darnold take advantage of all that's there to be had against this Cowboys defense? I, I really went back and forth in this one. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I am. 
I just think they're the better complete football team. And that's scary to say because I know Dak Prescott and those weapons on that side of the ball are dangerous. But I'm going to say the Panthers pull out a close one and go 24-21 on this one. Well, and, know. You know, and I've decided that, that I truly am not going to overthink these anymore. I'm going to rely upon the pasta and meatballs and not overcook them, not go al dente. <laughs> I am going to go just with my first thought and my instincts. And my instinct is the Cowboys win this game. Panthers don't have Christian McCaffrey. Cowboys, I think, at home, the way they played on Monday night, the yeah. 41-21 victory, the, the energy, the electricity, America's team trying to reestablish itself as that. I've got 34-27. Cowboys win. Cowboys cover. And I've got it just a hair over. I got – no, I got more than a hair over. I got 61 total points. Maybe I'll make – the over on this game of best bet. I don't know. I feel like they're going to score more than 50 points combined, but uh, I like the Cowboys. Defense better. Offense as good as last year before Dak Prescott got injured. Yeah, so give me the are. Cowboys and give me the cover. We've got, we got a couple disagreements. Two in a row. Whoa. Now, two in a row. Let's see, if, let's see if it goes to three in a row. Colts at the Dolphins. Dolphins a slim favorite of one and a half against the winless Colts. Over under of 42.5. Chris, who wins? I'm going Colts. I am. You know, I mean, I, I'm not totally confident in the Colts as a football team, but I think they're a better, more complete football team than the Miami Dolphins right now. You know, the Dolphins have, have shown some issues that I certainly didn't foresee. I mean, the Raiders ran the ball on them last week. You know, so that scares me. You know, we've seen some teams, you know, have some success throwing the ball. I mean, Josh Allen the week before. Uh, but but I think more of my concerns is just that, the, I, I don't I don't trust the Dolphins offense that that's really the way I feel about it the Dolphins offense to me is is pretty average below average at this point and I think the Colts with them being 0-3 uh be desperate I'm going to give them the the field goal advantage here in 23-20 Colts yeah three in a row on which we disagree Whoa. I got the Dolphins 27-21 look Quentin Nelson Frank Reich said yesterday it doesn't look good for him this weekend. Carson Wentz, questions about him, questions about his performance. The team just – I know they gave the Titans a better game than we thought they would give them, but I, I just – I think the, the Dolphins are getting closer and closer to panic button territory. They need this one. I think the Colts are already feeling like a team that it's just not going to be in the cards for them this year, although in the AFC South I guess no one's out of it at this point because there doesn't seem to be a truly dominant team. The Titans are the class of the division. The Colts could still catch up. I, I, I've got Dolphins. Again, it's a pasta and meatballs pick, 27-21 Miami. All right, Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, longtime assistant in Minnesota, 2006 through 2019, takes the Browns, coach of the year last year, Browns 2-1 and one this year, two-point favorites, in Minnesota, in that loud stadium, Vikings beat the Seahawks there by 13 last week. 51 and a half is the over-under. Chris, I struggled with this one. I've gone back and forth and back and forth and still may change my mind again. Who do you have? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's uh, uh, teams that are very similar. I mean, both teams want to play a certain the, the same way on the offensive side of the ball. Run the ball, bootlegs, play action. You know, for the most part, defense side defense. You know, Zimmer doesn't run the Seattle scheme like Cleveland does, but still, it's a similar type of scheme. I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm going to just go with the team that I think is better, and that's the Browns. But I do think they're gonna, we're going to have a lot of big plays on both sides of the ball. You know, I, I, I just Minnesota every week, they move the ball on everybody. They do. They run the ball on everybody. Cleveland's defense, good, not great. 
Minnesota's defense, I think a little lesser than Cleveland in that category. And you got a little less cover guys on the outside, too, that scare me. So I, because of all that, I'm going to go Browns. I think it's going to be a high-scoring, fun game. I'm going 34-28 Browns. Wow. See, I, I picked the Vikings last night, and I consulted with my son, who is a very ardent and zealous Vikings fan. And I said, what do you think about the Vikings winning this Sunday? He said, eh, I don't know about that. I, he's, he, I mean, he, and, and, and I, my, my original instinct was Browns. I talked myself into Vikings, and I've reverted back to Browns. 24-20, I think they're going to slow it down. I think it's not going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, the coaches know each other too well. I know. But, you know, you said something earlier today on PFT Live about the idea that, that maybe Zimmer and Stefanski kind of had a quiet – falling out that maybe Zimmer was ready for Stefanski to move on. Stefanski survived there for 14 seasons with all those different coaches. Uh, Stefanski knows that team very well, both sides of the ball, knows the personnel defensively, knows how to beat that defense. I know. You know, the, the, the Vikings defense is a system that isn't game plan specific. Right. I think Stefanski comes up with a game plan to exploit the holes in that defense. I'm feeling better about my pick. Browns 24-20. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I think you said a lot of things. Yeah, sometimes it happens like that. You think, oh, coaches know each other, so they'll be able to stop each other. No, sometimes it could be like, hey, also they know each other, and they know what the adjustment's going to be from that guy, so then they can throw the off-speed pitch or the curve, and you get a lot of that during the game. I am interested to see which way it goes there in that department because in a lot of times these matchups, it's either a feast or famine type thing, so it would be cool to watch either way. Another good matchup. Giants at the Saints. Saints back in the Superdome for the first time with fans since the 2019 season. You hinted earlier today that maybe you like an upset here with the Giants beating the Saints. New Orleans is a seven and a half point favorite, but the over under 42 tied for the lowest of the week. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints still. I, I, they're the better team. I do think the Giants match up well with them as far as. You know, hey, listen, we know New Orleans has been nothing special on the offensive side of the ball. It's pretty simple passing the ball. They want to run and be physical. The Giants can play physical stop-the-run type football. Uh, so th that, I think, plays into their advantage. You know, offensively, that's where I get worried about the Giants because, yeah, we know the Giants are not great up front on the offensive line. There's no way they're going to run the ball against this New Orleans Saints team who's got one of the most physical, dominating defensive fronts in all of football. So I think the Giants hang around. I'm going to go Saints 20-17 to because I'm not sure they're capable of I – I don't know. I know they blew out the Packers week, week one, but I just – I don't know if it's going to all fall out that right. So this is kind of one of my, you know, pasta and meatball, meat and potato type games where I just go, I think the Giants keep Cannabis it close but, but lose. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, I, I think that and, – and, and again, this is just – Superdome, big game, yeah, I know. big moment. Mm -hmm. Saints trying to establish themselves. Alvin Kamara was just kind of salty after the game last week. Even though they won by 15 at New England, they want more. They didn't play as well as they could. I could see this one going a lot like week one in Jacksonville where it's it's just uh, one-sided. And uh, I've got the Saints 31-14 to covering the spread. I'm surprised by the over-under of 42. I really am. For as much as I'm tempted by the under 42, Detroit and Chicago, I'm tempted by the over 42 uh, in, in New Orleans. I don't know what they're thinking. I, I, you know, We saw that high-scoring game a couple of weeks ago between Washington and the Giants. Maybe they're I, thinking what I'm thinking, just that it's matched up. You know, that, that's, I don't, I, you know. Well, you've got them under. 
You've got them under. Yeah. You've got them under at so 30. I, don't know. I, I just it's feel, I feel like the Saints are going to come close to 42 by themselves. All right. Tennessee minus seven at the Jets over under a 44. Who you got? Um, I mean, of course I got Tennessee. We know that. I mean, Tennessee, I think, is kind of right at the ship. Even last week, they let the Colts hang around, but they made mistakes. Like, you know, and I, and, and listen, there's a difference between a defense makes you make mistakes and, oh, we just did dumb shit and made our own mistakes and it makes hey! it Yeah, hello. Yep, that's right. We're on digital. There's no rules here. Um, so I'm, you know, and I got no, like the Jets defense, formidable. It's formidable. You know, they, they don't let anybody just run away with the game. It's the offense that's the issue. Lack of weapons, no running game, pass protection, rookie quarterback, recipe for disaster. I think the Jets can, you know, maybe hang in there for a, a little bit. But 27-14 Titans. You know, I really want to do the Eli Manning double-barreled middle do it, finger. Do you but chicken. I don't want Kristen. No, I don't want her to have to blur it because – Unlike Eli, I understand the difference between live and tape. You can't blur it live, although Eli seems to think you can. You can blur it on tape. She's got enough to do. Dealing with you, dealing with me. Yeah, I don't want her to have to true. blur out my middle fingers. So, <laughs> okay. uh, But I really wanted to do it. And, but they will bleep out you saying shit. You can't say shit. Well, you can. It just gets bleeped out if you say shit. Sorry, Chris. All right, now you're bleeping yours Sorry. too. Good, we're even. I like right. it. <laughs> I, I got the Titans thirty-one to twenty-three because the Jets are shit. That's my analysis. <laughs> All right, Kansas Bleep. City at Philadelphia. Sorry, Zach Wilson Mafia. Let me tell you, the Zach Wilson Mafia is as strong, if not stronger, than the Tua Mafia. Because there's this vibe among Jets fans that even though Zach Wilson is clearly overmatched now, he is destined to be one of the top quarterbacks in the entire NFL, fueled by someone. I don't know who. I feel it. I'm so, I'm not, I someone. feel good. I'm good. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But they're, they are convinced. Do not, do not pay attention to the interceptions or the sacks or the struggles. He is going to be Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes because Christopher David Sims said well, so. All right. Well, wait, 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 one thing real quick there. Like, you know, for some reason, his turnovers have become a story. You know, this is where this is where the world, the media, and this is not because of you. I'm just saying it's become a story. But I don't know, Pete, dim a little lightest. Check this out. I mean, hasn't Trevor Lawrence turned the ball over more? I mean, I'm pretty sure he has. Interceptions and fumbles combined. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has fumbled once or twice in every game he's played so far, let alone two, three interception games or, you know, inter multiple interception games in all of them. So – that, that, that to me, that's where it's like, it's again, these people that want to set a narrative going back to the draft where we want to just call out one guy, but we don't want to call out the other. And that starts to back to the Josh Allen crap and all of that back in his day. So that, that, that is one thing that has bothered me a little bit. Um, I think, uh, I think I'm pretty right about that one is. Yeah, two more turnovers for Trevor. But no, he's our baby from Clemson. And we, no, it's not his. He's got more talent around him, too. More talent. So that's where I just, you know, that bothers me, that crap. Are you done? Yeah, feel I'm good. Done. I'm feel done. Better. I feel good. I'm good. Feel and better. I like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, is it kind of like a release? a release? Like it's a stress release? Like maybe you don't need to Usa. smoke tonight after Usa. you've done Absolutely that. not. I'm going to smoke as much as I can tonight. Chiefs <laughs> at Eagles. Seven-point favorites over under 45 or 54 and a half. Slight difference. Not 45, 54. Who you got? Well, I mean the Chiefs. Um, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of faith here in the the Eagles offense. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, th that's that's just that's really where I can start. Jalen Hurts has not been good. 
I know the first game he made some plays against Atlanta team with a new coaching staff and everything there. But after that, it's below average throwing. It's not really a lot of special running. All of that gets overrated in my opinion. You know, and I think the Chiefs defense is a solid unit. And I think they'll continue to get better. And ultimately, I just think it's a game the Chiefs are going to be like ultra-focused in right now. And I think they can block the front of the Eagles defense. You know, so that's kind of a – that's the strength of the Eagles team is their defensive front. So that's going to be an issue. And I just – I'm seeing, you know, the Chiefs having their way here. I'm going to go 38-20 Chiefs. Uh, I've got uh, similar thoughts. 44-27 is my pick. I, I, look, I, I know the Andy Reid health scare may have been a distraction for him. He, he's going to be ready to go back to Philly and remind those fans and, more importantly, the organization that moved on from him after all those years that he's still one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's coming back with a Super Bowl ring that he didn't have the last time he was there in 2013. And the Chiefs desperately need this one. They need to get their magic back, their mojo back. And let's not keep it close and rely on something late. Let's blow the doors off of the Eagles, and I think they can do it. The Eagles had the the blowout loss on Monday night, the trip home, licking their wounds, new experience for Nick Sirianni to try to get guys to forget it. I, I think this one's going to go very badly for the Eagles and very well for the Chiefs. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour, the late afternoon games. And there are some good ones, including two games involving NFC West teams for the first time this year. They get together Arizona at the Rams. The Rams 3-0, and the Cardinals 3-0, and the Rams 4.5-point favorites with an over-under of 55. Chris, who do you have in this one? Well, I mean, McVeigh has owned the Cardinals. Um their defense matches up perfectly with Kyle Murray and the Cliff Kingsbury attack. Oh, you want to spread the field and, you know, use your speed? Well, the Rams are the fastest defense in football. Oh, you think Kyler Murray's going to run around and make plays, you know, and do that? No, he's not going to do that. He hasn't been able to run at all in his career so far against the Rams. Zero. He can't do anything. So that, to me, really kind of chops a leg away from the Arizona Cardinals and their offense. And then right now, I mean, come on. The Rams offense is as good in football as any in football. You know, so they can run the ball effectively, ran the ball effective enough against one of the best defensive fronts last week against the Bucks, and then of course they just have a new passing attack that, you know, I still think teams are getting used to going, "Wait, we didn't know they ran this play, that play. Whoa, McVay has this play. Holy cow." So, uh I'm going Rams 30 to 21. Yeah, look. Th- th- this is my favorite stat of the week. The the Rams in their final game without Sean McVay as head coach lost to the Cardinals 44 to nothing. Since then, they hire McVay, 8 0 against the Cardinals, combined score 251 to 91. Five of the games have been blowouts, not even close, embarrassments, a couple of shutouts in there as well. And Aaron Donald has talked about how they're not phased by Kyler Murray. They've been chasing around Russell Wilson, Donald's entire career, and then some. I think this one, four and a half, I think it's too low. 
I'm tipping my hand on my best bet. Rams 31-24, and I don't think it'll be that close. I'm just trying to be respectful to the Cardinals because they're 3-0, and and they shouldn't be 3-0. and They should have lost to the Vikings. They screwed around with the Jaguars this past they weekend. Did. Right. I, I think that the Rams are clearly the better team. This reminds me of Monday night when I'm thinking, you know, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys are here and Eagles are here. Yeah. I, even though the Cardinals are undefeated, I think the Rams are at a higher level right now. So 31-24, and I don't think it'll be that close. I get you. I'm so, with you, Mike. We agree again. Yep. Seattle at San Francisco. Ooh. The Seahawks at 1-2. and two, The 49ers at 2-1 and one, coming off of that heartbreaking loss to the Packers. Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the 49ers over under a 52. Who do you have? Man, I, I'm going with the 49ers here, 24-20. But I, I'm a little scared. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess, you know, the one thing about Seattle, they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage. They're going to take away the run game. You know, and they're not necessarily always good against it. We just saw Tennessee and the Minnesota Vikings do that. But the Shanahan 49ers running game offense has yet to take off. It is yet to kind of take flight. I don't think this is the week they're going to do it. I don't. You know, I think there's enough familiarity with Pete Carroll facing Shanahan so many times that he, he kind of knows some of the things he likes to do in the run game. Now, I look at the 49ers and go, well, they should be able to throw the ball in the Seahawks. They're not very good at corner, you know, and they can't cover people. But the 49ers don't throw the ball down the field and outside the numbers. Everything's over the middle, screen, boom, right here, right in front of you. Always, always, right there. I think teams have figured that out. I do think they're a better football team than Seattle. And Seattle is just total feast or famine, like you heard me say last week. It's either a four-play, 80-yard drive, or it's three and out. And on defense, it's either a strip sack fumble in the first three plays, or they let up a 12-play, 90-yard drive for a touchdown. It's no, there's no in-between. And because of that, I just don't trust them. I'm going 49ers 24-20. If we were do, to do a tale of the tape by position yeah. groups for these two games – which which position group would be the most glaring difference? Between I know what the you're saying teams. here. I know what you're saying. And this is exactly why I'm scared because I picked a one score game and I'm going, damn, one score games mean Russell Wilson comes back and wins the freaking game. And that's where you're saying quarterback is what we're saying, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. I know. That's why I'm scared. That's how that. I resolve this one. Yeah. Ba- basic principles, pasta and meatballs. 49ers are the better team. Russell Wilson, the far better quarterback, just like we should have seen it on Sunday night. 49ers, a better team. Rodgers, the far better quarterback. As long as they're going to hitch their wagon to Jimmy G, they're not going to win the games when they come up against the best quarterbacks in football. And Russell Wilson's still far superior to Jimmy G. So I got 31-28 Seattle. I, I, I feel you there. I'm not going to I, – I, I certainly thought about picking like 27-24 Seattle because Russell Wilson got the ball late and went down and scored a touchdown. I did. You know, I mean, the, the, so, uh, and, and we've seen the, the Seattle team hang in there with the 49ers even during their best years. So uh, I hear you. That's a total toss-up game to, uh, for me. And, and, and let me tell you, Seahawks incredibly desperate right now. They are. Too. They have yes. to turn it around. They started 5-0 and last year. They've got to turn it around. Baltimore at Denver. The Broncos are unbeaten. The Ravens, by far the best opponent that the Broncos have faced, so the Ravens would be favored by a point or two. And de- no, Broncos are one-point favorite. Now, of course, that means on a neutral site, the Ravens would be favored. But still, I, I was surprised to see the Broncos as a one-point favorite. 45 is the over-under. Chris, who do you like? I'm going Broncos. I am. I just don't trust Baltimore yet. You know, And I know they're gritty and tough, and, man, I respect everything about them. But I think Denver's defense is real. 
You know, in all capacities, the scheme, the players, they got cover corners. So I look at that and go, I think they could slow down Lamar Jackson and company, you know, even more so than Detroit did last week. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, again, I have the ultimate confidence or, or faith in Wink Martindale, but like Broncos offense has a little bit of everything. You know, they can run the ball. Teddy has found his way to throw the ball down the field and be aggressive. And I also think they're, like, willing to go, like, like they did last week. Like, hey, let's not be too crazy or take any chances. We're better than this team. Let's not mess it up. They understand, like, the, the total game here. I'm going to go Broncos win a field goal game just because they're at home. I went 2017 Broncos. Wow. Uh, wow. Wow. I still, I still believe in the Ravens because they keep finding a way. And I, I think at a certain point, when you, when you pull off the miracle against the Chiefs, when you get the 66-yard field goal that clanks on the crossbar and bounces into the net instead of back out onto the field, you develop a sense that we're going to find a way. Yeah. We're going to find a way. Right. We're going to get it done. And, and I believe in the Ravens going out there and getting it done. I like a little bit of a higher-scoring game here. I got 28-24. I think the Ravens... Can, can can score on this defense. You, know, you take away some of the drops we saw against the Lions. Uh, Lamar yeah, Jackson missed right. practice on Wednesday with a back injury. That's the only problem with doing this on Thursday. Because if yes. Lamar Jackson's back injury is real and they end up with Tyler Huntley playing quarterback instead, that changes everything. But I, I've, got, I've got faith that Lamar will play. I've got faith that the Ravens will get it done. 28-24. I got Baltimore in that one. Not a best bet, though, by any stretch. All right. Last game of the late afternoon block, Packers and the Steelers at Lambeau Field. First time ever that Aaron Rodgers faces the Steelers at Lambeau Field. He hasn't played them since Super Bowl 45 because in 2013, he had a broken collarbone. 2017, he had a broken collarbone. So this is only the third time he's ever seen them in his entire career. They come to town, six and a half point underdogs. Not a shock because of the way they've played. I'm surprised the spread isn't bigger. Who do you like in this one, Packers or Steelers? Yeah, I hear you about the spread. I mean, I think the spread is at six and a half just because the Steelers' defense is what it is and they're capable of ruining football games. I mean, we've seen that for sure. You know, it, it, they're, they're still an awesome defense. But the Packers have a physical nature about them that I wasn't sure they had, but they've kind of proven to me over the last two weeks, especially with that win last week against the 49ers. You know, the thing I guess I look at too is this is a Green Bay offense – that I think can be similar to what the Raiders did to the Steelers' defense. They got a lot of ways to throw the ball short and do that, but then as soon as you come up and do all that as well, then zing, there goes a 20-yard seam route by Rodgers or a 20-yard out route to Devontae Adams, and you're in trouble. Also, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to fool Rodgers with like some of their awesome blitzes and things they do that way. So because of that, yeah, I'm going with the Packers, and how the F, could I have any faith in the Steelers' freaking offense? How can you do that? Like, that's where – and, and this, the Packers' defense has been very good the last two weeks. So, because of all that, yeah. And with T.J. Watt, I mean, is he going to play? I don't think so. But if he does, he's not 100%. Packers, 28-17. Yeah, with that soft tissue injury, the, the uh, groin, groin that he injured in week two, you got to worry about that. I've got Packers 31-13. to I, I just think that – you know, the the way they played week one, which doesn't go away, just because they beat the 49ers and beat the uh, Lions. Lions in yeah. between, it doesn't end it. It doesn't erase it. But they definitely have a kick in the ass. And um, 
you know, you, you squander the goodwill you generate by beating the Lions and the 49ers by, by losing to a Steelers team that you should beat. And it's a shame that it's come to this for Ben Roethlisberger. There's been so much talk about his future. We talked earlier about the, the iconic YA Tittle broken and bloodied and battered photo that actually was taken at Pitt Stadium. September 20, 1964. The Giants were 0-2 at that point. The Giants went to the championship game in 63. In 64, they finished 2-10-2. Tittle was benched late in the year for a rookie quarterback. I I think we're we're on that track, and my prediction is we're going to see Ben Roethlisberger go to IR. Uh, They don't have Zadarius Smith to chase him around, but still, they can get through that offensive line. It's a work in progress. Now watch. The Steelers will pull it together and win by 20. I'm not going there. I'm going Packers 31-13, to Chris. So we are in agreement on that one as well, although we have plenty of disagreements. When we return, the primetime games, including the much-anticipated return to New England by Antonio Brown. (laughs) BFTPM and Chris Sims on top. And Gronk. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. It is the Joint Mega Picks podcast. We do it every Thursday. We make picks in every game, straight up and against the spread. And oh boy. Oh boy. Sunday Night Football, the one that we've circled from the moment the schedule was released back in May. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus Tom Brady going to New England to take on the Patriots plus Bill Belichick. The Patriots Plus seven in this one. Seven point home underdogs. Oh boy. What how embarrassing that must be for Bill Belichick. The over under of forty nine. Who you got? Well, of course, I'm going I'm going Bucks here. I am. Um I do think the Patriots can hang around with the Bucks for a little bit. You know, the one thing about the Bucks offense, we know it's super talented, but they haven't really got the run game going. So that's going to play into the hand of New England, in my opinion. And New England's pretty big up front, so they should be able to handle the run game without having to compromise coverage. I think Belichick's going to have some curveballs for Tommy. And, oh, yeah, you think this means, you know, check to cover two. And, no, actually, it's cover three this week. We changed it against you. You know, and some wrinkles and things that he knows, hey, they're undermanned. They're going to have to take some chances here and there. Um, so I do think they can kind of be a, an annoyance to this Tampa offense for some time. They're really the concern is the other side. Can New England on offense play a clean football game? I know the Patriots defense is top notch, but New England's offense is unable to create big plays, has not been as dominant in the run game as I expected, has not pass protected all that great either, and they seem to find a, make a few mistakes in every game. You know, even watching back last week, you know, people right now talking about Mac Jones are not making enough explosive plays. Yeah, I wish he would make some, you know, more jaw-dropping throws, but there's always a mistake, too. Like, he had some people open last week, but the line blew, you know, messed up, or a receiver was a, took a wrong angle in a route. They're just, they're off kilter. They don't have the New England guys all in on the New England way yet because there's so many new pieces there. And because of that, and Tampa Bay being more talented, Man, I had 
Tampa winning 24-17. So let me make well, – well, yeah, that's it. I just seeing that. So let me make it twenty four sixteen. I'll go twenty four sixteen. The Bucks. Okay. When I did this last night, I put down Tampa Bay thirty to twenty. And there's one game that keeps coming back to me. What is it? I'm interested to hear because I've had a one or two pop in my head too. Peyton Manning going back to Indianapolis in 2013. I remember being convinced he was going to go back there. He was going to stick it to Jim Irsay, who cut him. Cut him. Wasn't even free agency. We're going to let you go somewhere else. We're not. We're going. They cut Peyton Manning, and that was a historical season for Peyton Manning. I think that no matter what Tom Brady does, no matter what Tom Brady says, if there is any shred of him that is still human. He will not be able to keep himself from becoming emotional. And it spills over to the rest of the team. They're going to want to do everything they can to help Tom Brady win this game. You may have some guys who are tight. You may have some guys who are antsy. We talked earlier on PFT Live how it could almost be a pre-Super Bowl level of tension. Yeah. Against a team of robots... A lot of those guys never played with Tom Brady. And I think if Bill Belichick is able to sell all week that this is no different than any other week, and they lost by 15 at home last week, and the Buccaneers are going to be thinking, hey, they, you know, this, we got this. We got this. They suck. They lost to the Saints by 15 at home. Are you kidding me? We're better than the Saints. We're going to go in there and make easy work on them. I'm just telling you, the Patriots are going to have the all-time psychology job on Tom Brady where yeah. they're going to play into his emotions. They're going to press his buttons. There's going to be tribute videos and ovations, and they're going to stop the game and give him the laminated piece of 8.5 by 11 paper when he sets the all-time passing yardage record. I'm, I'm shooting my shot here because I, I can Ooh, already I like see. It. I like it. I can already see. Yeah. The graphic right. on Football Night in America. Bucks, 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 bucks. I'd rather be wrong by trusting Bill Belichick than by joining the herd of wildebeests that potentially is going to run right off the cliffs. And it's not just us. It's everybody else. Everybody's going to be on the bucks for this game. I'll go ahead and be wrong. I I'll hear go you. ahead, Tom. When you say after the game to Michelle Tafoya, that no one expected us to win, you can be talking about me. Everybody else expects you to win. If you're looking for a chip on your shoulder, come to me because I think you are still human, I think. You aren't full cyborg yet, although cyborg is part human. But you're going to be emotional, and you're not going to be ready for it, and it's going to hit you like a ton of proverbial, if not literal, bricks. And and I think – I think now watch, it's going to be 41-3. to three, No, Buccaneers. it but won't I'm willing to I'm willing to call my – I'm not, my, my score, that's a good one because I was 30 to 20. I don't know. I'm just going to pull one out of my butt right yeah, here. Go ahead, I'm going to say 24 21 Patriots. All right. 24 21 Patriots. Hey, I, I, listen, I, I, listen I, I hear you. I mean, the game I was thinking about was last year when I was like, remember when Baltimore went to New England on Sunday night and everyone was like, Baltimore, Baltimore. Let me hear Baltimore. Chris, Pete. Let me hear Chris, Pete. Go ahead. Remember last saying. year, the game I was thinking about is, you know, is Baltimore, New England on Sunday night, where everyone, Baltimore, 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 New England can't do this. And then New England had an unbelievable game plan and shoved it to Baltimore. So I'm with you, Mike. There was a part of me that, you know, had some of the same thoughts to you. I think the only thing that scared me is the fact that the Bucks lost last week. So they might be a little on edge. But I, I, I do think New England's going to have something for them. And, and, you know, a lot of what you said I do think has some truth. Shut up, Pete. 
Stop talking in his ear when we're doing a podcast, telling some stupid stat that doesn't matter. <laughs> Think about the two years earlier from now, a year before Baltimore, England, Baltimore, New England, 2019, we all thought the Patriots are going to go in and roll up the Ravens and the, the Ravens beat. So you never know. You I never know. know. You never know. I, I just think we can't underestimate the power of the emotions and the ability of the Patriots to, to play that game with Tom Brady and knock him off kilter. That's what I'm trusting. Yeah. All right, Monday Night Football. Las Vegas Raiders at the L.A. Chargers and AFC West battle. The Chargers favored by three. Raiders undefeated. Chargers coming off that big win in Kansas City. Who you got? It's a coin flip to me here, too. It really is. There's a few games this week where I just go, man, I don't know who's going to win this freaking game. I mean, uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm going Raiders 30-27. to I'll just tell you why real quick. Um I, I, the Raiders uh, have it all on offense. They have it all. And then they ran the ball last week, and the Chargers can't stop the run. They haven't stopped the run in any game yet. I mean, geez, the Chiefs ran. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 100 yards against them last week. They don't even want to get 100 yards in Kansas City on the ground. They got 100 yards. So that, to me, is a bad combination right now You know, with that. And, of course, I think Justin Herbert and everybody are really special on that side. But the one thing I don't like about the Chargers, not a lot of big plays. It is a lot of 5 and 8 and 10 and 5 and 8. And 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 it's a lot of empty yards at times, too. So I'm going to go with the, the hot Raiders here. And, damn, uh, and I'm going to go 30 to 27. I'm seeing in the graphic here that you might be doing the same thing. I didn't. I thought we were going to yeah. be different. Yeah, look, I still believe in the Chargers as I and contender. I just think the Raiders are hot right now. It's just like the yeah. dice. The dice have to cool off. When the dice are hot, you got to keep riding the dice. Yeah. And they haven't cooled off yet. And I think the Raiders have one more in them. Uh, and at some point, at some point, it's going to fall apart for them. Maybe not. Um, but, uh, a little, you know, and hey, hey, I don't know. How aware are the Chargers of the fact that they kind of got away <laughs> with that double pass interference at the end of the game. And yeah. are they thinking about that at all? I, I don't I don't know how much of that carries over. Uh, I'm not going to be surprised if the Chargers win. Right. I was leaning Chargers, but, but uh, you know, I, I got so many Raiders fans giving me a hard time about not giving them the, the respect they deserve. All right, you want respect? I'll pick you to beat the Chargers. And if you lose, the respect is going to go out the window. We're going to go out the window for just a couple of minutes. When we return, our best bets plus the Folsom Prison Blues picks of the week. We'll do that next on PFTPM. And Chris Sims Unbutton, presented by Under Armour. Welcome back to PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton, presented by Under Armour. This is my favorite segment of the week. This is where we go. Well, although this year it's not because I suck this year at best bets. But uh, our three best plays either over, under, or picks against the spread, plus our Folsom Prison Blues pick. For those of you who are new to that, it's a reference to one of my favorite scenes of any movie. It's Walk the Line when Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Two, I believe, are playing a gospel song, and the producer says, basically, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear the one song, the one song that you would play if you were laying dead in the gutter. So this is the one pick that we would make if we were laying dead in the gutter. We'll do that after we do the best bets. Chris, give me your first best bet. Ooh. As I told you just during the commercial break there, I got a little bit of like I got like five games starred. All right. I do want I am a I am interested in that Lions Bears over under. I really am. Um but I'm not an over under guy. I'm not, so I'm not gonna go there. The first one I'm gonna go is with the Titans. 
I think the Titans will cover the seven-point spread. I'm going to ride that against the New York Jets. Just the offense, the inconsistency. I know there's no A.J. Brown on the Titans right now on that side of the ball, but I think between their run game and when they throw the ball, they can still gash you. So I'm going to go with the Titans as my first one. You, you went with the Titans last week against the Colts, and it worked as yeah. one of your best bets. Yeah. I didn't even consider the Titans because I don't know what I'm going to get from them any given week. They got some banged up receivers. I just don't know. Another reunion game, Corey Davis. That, yeah, that's an, there you go. He's he's not happy. The Titans didn't even make him an offer. All these games happening the same week that Tom Brady goes Fine. back to New England. I'm going to start with the Chiefs, only given seven to the Philadelphia Eagles. That is not nearly enough. I think the Chiefs are going to go in there. They're desperate. They're hungry. Andy Reid wants to stick it to the Eagles. They're going to blow the doors off of the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe. So seven, way too low of a spread in this one. That one screams out to me. I'm, I'm going right there next to. That's my next one as well. I uh, Agreed. I mean, I you know, again, I don't trust Philly's offense. Kansas City's defense, to me, is better than Dallas and what we saw last week. Now you got a short week added upon that. A one and two desperate Chiefs team, like you said. And I, I just don't see it either. And the greatness of that Eagles team is their D-line, and the Chiefs will be able to protect Mahomes. So I'm with you there. That, that's my second one. All right, next one for me, I'm going with the Rams. They're 8-0 under Sean McVay against the Cardinals. They're only favored by 4.5 points against the Cardinals. I think they're going to win by at least seven. Seven is the smallest margin of any of the eight games they've won over the Cardinals. McVeigh has the Cardinals figured out. As you said earlier, they've got the speed on defense to keep up with the Arizona offense. I think this spread is way too small. It's inflated by the perception the Cardinals are better than they are. The Rams are as good as they are. They win this one by more than four and a half. I'm with you. That's where I'm going again, too. I'm going right there. So we're going to have two out of the three that are going to be the same here. Um, but, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I think the Cardinals' defense, yeah, as talented as they are, you know, they can be a little crazy and unsound at times. You've got to respect the run game of the Rams. And then here's the other thing. When you have to respect the run game enough, like I don't think the Cardinals are great out at corner. I don't. I don't think it's one of their strong points of their team. And that's where, you know, Matt Stafford and company can kick some butt. So I'm with you there. I'm going Rams too. All right. I'm toying between the Bears-Lions under or the Packers favored by six and a half over the Steelers. And I, I hate sweating out points. I hate it. I think it will be under if you're considering an over-under bet. Maybe you consider that one. I'll go with the Packers covering the spread against Pittsburgh. I, I, Pittsburgh's got to prove to me yeah. that they can block anyone. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers right now is in an early season zone that I don't see ending. And it's a great audition for him in the event that the Steelers are a team that maybe oh, he would play for next year. Me likey. I like that a lot. I do. That would be cool. I, I didn't even think of that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, that would be, that awesome. be awesome. That would be awesome. I'm with I you. I think that they retired one... number 12, though. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be uh, 12. He'd have to come up with a different number. Oh, and yeah, especially Bradshaw college. crapped all over him in the yeah. offseason, so he won't even want Or maybe yeah. he'll want it especially. Be like, I'll come there if I get 12. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, I had that game starred, too. It did. I, you know, I guess what scares me is just like, that damn Steelers defense maybe making one touchdown or something like that. And to your Lions-Bears over-under thing, you know, I get scared that they just the offenses will screw it up and let the defenses score a little bit. That's why I couldn't do it. Like, Goff fumbling and Justin Fields throwing interceptions. So, right. sorry, go ahead. Folsom prison time. Bills. Who's your one, Bills. Your one winner? Bills. Bills. Again. Bills. Bills. Yep. Yes. Bills. Bills. Me too. We've been identical. I identical, identical on that every week. Thanks for some of your time. Enjoy the games. We'll see you real soon. See ya.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 